morning. Great to be with you, and I don't like Brussels sprouts either. But my wife loves them, so I even cook them for her. Well, I, uh, I have to tell you, I was listening to that children's sermon, and uh, it just kind of flowed along the lines that uh, I was thinking about this week when I thought about that text. And one thing always comes to mind, one event from my life, when I read those words from Jesus from the Sermon on the Mount. It was a childhood friend, or at least I thought he was, who lived down the street. His name was Joe Ahern. And Joe Ahern was big. I mean, big, 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 okay? And I know you're not going to believe this. This ought to be in Ripley's, but I was a skinny kid who couldn't gain weight. I just look at a piece of chocolate cake now, and it just goes right here. But uh, that was back when my mother said, you could swallow rocks and not gain weight. You're so lucky. And one day, I went down the street to Joe's house, and I was walking up his gravel drive, and I don't know if he'd had a bad day or what was going on, but he turned around, and he just punched me right in the nose. I can't remember saying anything to him or doing anything, but he just punched me right in the nose. And, and I went walking home and I was crying, you know, <laughs> one of those kind of cries and uh, one of those Mary Richards cries. You know, Mary Tyler Moore has died, uh, you know, how she did. And the closer I got to the door, the more, you know, it went. And when I went in, to the house, the first person I met was my dad. And my dad, so sympathetic, said, what happened? What happened? <laughs> you know, tell me what happened. <laughs> Joe Ahern, he punched me in the nose and I didn't do anything. I didn't say anything. And then my dad said, what did you do to him? And I looked at him like he was crazy. I went, big guy, you know, Goliath, okay? Did you hit him back? I said, no. He said, you go down there and you punch him in the nose or you're going to get worse from me. Probably not the best child-rearing technique in the world. My dad didn't read uh, Dr. Spock or any of those folks. But I was more afraid of my father than I was of Joe Ahern. And my father was a little guy, but... So I walked back down the street <laughs> doing this all the way. And I walked up that gravel drive and there was Joe Ahern. And he just looked at me and before he knew literally what hit him, I punched him in the nose and down he went. I didn't stick around to see what was going to happen next. <laughs> I walked home. I was John Wayne on the way home. 
And when I got in that door, my dad said, well, what happened? Well, I punched him in the nose. And I said, let that be a lesson to you, pilgrim. And if you do that again, I'll punch you in the nose again. So imagine my confusion when I'm a 10 or 11-year-old kid sitting in church, and I hear this guy. If anyone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the left also. That seemed crazy to me. Which was what my father was trying to keep me from growing up to be, some kind of whip. I didn't get it then, and the truth of it is, a lot of people don't get it now. I can't tell you how many times people who sit in church every Sunday have said to me in response to something they've read in the papers or something that's going on in the world, well, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. It's right there in the Bible. Never realizing that Jesus says something quite differently. Yes, it is there in Exodus and Leviticus, and he says, you have heard it said, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Truth of it is, that law called the Lex Talionis was meant to limit violence. It was the basis of this idea we have in civil uh, and criminal law that the punishment has to fit the crime. So that if somebody punches out one eye, you don't send some thug to punch out both his eyes. But then Jesus says, but I say to you, if anyone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other also. If anyone sues you for your coat, giving your cloak as also, if anyone compels you to go one mile, go two miles. Why? It's certainly not wimpiness, because when you see Jesus going to the cross, you don't see anybody that is a wimp. When he stands before Pilate, it isn't because he lacks courage that he's silent. In a world so intent on waging war, Jesus wages peace. In a world so enamored of John Wayne, and I love his movies even now, I cheer when the bad guys get it. I still do. I have to admit. But Jesus holds before us a person with the strength, for instance, of Gandhi. I don't know if you ever saw that movie about Gandhi. It's been about 25 years now since it's been out. But Gandhi admired Jesus greatly. 
And he once captured this passage when he said, an eye for an eye will end up making the whole world blind. Jesus says, if you end up loving your neighbor but hating your enemy, what more do you do? What more do you do than others? What more? Love your enemies. Pray for those who go that you may show yourself children of your Father in heaven. How will people know that the kingdom of God has begun even in a small way in Jesus and in us? When we pray the kingdom come, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, Martin Luther said, we're praying that the kingdom may come to us, that it may be shown through us. How will they know the grace of Christ has begun to transform us into kingdom people? And the truth of it is, we admire those who wage peace as much as we do the Rambos of this world. I interned in Brooklyn, New York, uh, half time at a hospital, half time at a parish, and I learned something. Uh, I don't know if there are any New Yorkers here, but New Yorkers are kind of tough folks on the exterior. And I, one of my first experiences was getting on a subway. And you get on that subway and you think, there's no way anybody else is going to get on this subway. It goes to the next stop and another crowd of people gets on that subway and it just keeps going on and on until you're standing like this. But nobody talks to each other. Nobody strikes up a conversation with a stranger like you might do here in the Midwest. So I was touched to read a story about what happened on a New York subway train a couple of weeks ago. I don't know, you probably read it too. A fellow named Gregory Locke was coming home uh, on the subway. He got on the number one subway train uh, after dinner in Manhattan with some longtime friends. And when he got on there, he saw an ugly sight. He saw swastikas and anti-Semitic slogans written with a Sharpie all over every advertisement, you know, every poster that was there. And I'd like to say that's unusual in our world, but I think it reflects the kind of divisiveness and just plain prejudice that is becoming fashionable, not just here, but in Europe again. So his first reaction was shock to sit and, and see Heil Hitler written on a poster in 2017. He says, you realize it's appalling, but it's not surprising at the same time. And suddenly, a fellow passenger on that train, Gerard Nied, who was returning home from work, 
and who'd many times used a Sharpie when he meant to use a dry erase marker on one of those boards. Have you ever done that? And who knew how to get it off there. Said, does anybody have hand sanitizer? Because alcohol will take it off. And he said, hand sanitizer and tissues came from everywhere. And in two minutes, they had erased all of that hatred and all of that graffiti. They were waging peace. They were not going to let hate win. I wonder what would happen in, if every one of us in this sanctuary today, including John Wayne here, decided in some small way to wage peace this week in the name of the Prince of Peace. I wonder, don't you? Amen.